You are listening to Tiger Stories, a podcast from Chattanooga State Community College. On March 11th, Chattanooga State began developing contingency plans for how to cope with a possible shutdown of on-campus activities related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Tiger Stories decided to develop a special series of summer episodes looking at how the college has been responding to this pandemic since mid-March. We're excited to bring you this series of episodes looking at the many ways in which COVID-19 has impacted the college's operations and our students. Regular episodes of Tiger Stories will restart in the fall semester. Until then, we hope you enjoy this summer series looking at how Chat State has coped with the coronavirus so far. In each of these episodes, you'll be hearing one of our students interviewing someone else from our campus community. So the voices will change, but the stories are just as much a part of our community as the episodes you've come to love from this podcast. We hope you enjoy them. Hello, my name is um, Tiffany Patterson and I am a student at Chattanooga State and today I will be talking with uh, Tammy McDonough about her experience working during the COVID-19 epidemic. Hi, Tiffany. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to share with you all the nuances that we've gone through with COVID-19, but I work here in the Student Support Center and I have been in higher education now for 15 plus years. And so I've seen a lot over the years, but I think this has been one of the most challenging. Your experience with just transitioning from being on campus every day to being at home, um, how has just that aspect been for you? Um, I think it's been a real adjustment for me personally, from a social aspect, I really get a lot of energy and ideas and motivation through the interaction with students. So being isolated at home, even though I've been nonstop phone and email since I've been home, I've recognized that that's not the same and is is really lacking for me. Uh, so I will I will be very happy when we get back to a on-ground uh, classroom setting. Okay. Now, how has um, like the the way that you process helping students, or let's say like a student needs some type of services, or even just needs like someone to talk to? How has that whole process changed now that you're the way that you're able to work with uh, the student population has changed? Right. I think for the most part, just trying to offer students the ability to meet virtually has been a great option but i haven't had very many students take me up on that they're more comfortable with being on the phone even though i would prefer being more virtual face-to-face um so trying to still feel like i'm uh meeting their need um able to um you know a lot goes into reading people's facial expressions When I was working with a student earlier this week on the phone, we were having a conversation. A lot of my conversations are very sensitive. Um, This was a dependency override student. um, And many times we get out the box of tissues and we have conversation, very difficult conversations. And all of a sudden I heard her voice crack and I'm like, oh, don't cry. Are you crying? It was kind of like, I just didn't know, right? I didn't have that facial expression. I didn't have that clues that I would normally have. 
And then I had to deal with my own sense of helplessness, right? I couldn't, I couldn't um, read her as quickly as I normally would. And um, so we, you know, we kind of backtracked a little bit and I said, don't worry, I'm here for you. We, we're going to work through this together. You know, I know it's sensitive information. I know it's difficult um, for you to kind of have to share that with a, a total stranger. And so we kind of worked through it, but it, it was difficult for her and for uh, for myself. Now, do you have any advice like for any of your coworkers who might experience something similar to this as we transition for a new way of learning in the fall? I don't think I have it down myself yet. But I do have concerns. I think that as faculty and staff are working to try to do all of our work um, online, that we're going to be really challenged to make sure that we're still communicating that, that we're here, that we care about you, that it's not just about your documents. It's not just about um, your um, assignments. And so, you know, I know for many faculty uh, are wonderful about referring students to the Student Support Center. And I have a little concern if that's going to continue to the level that it is, you know, has, has been ramping up to come fall. Just like I said, not having as much of that, I don't know, availability even, or that connection that we get. I know for me, when I had questions with Ailey or concerns, I would hang back and I would wait till everybody else was gone and I would talk to them. So I'm a little, you know, concerned about that this fall and how we're going to continue to have that sensitivity and that message of caring. I just um, realized, Tammy, in talking to you that there might be people who are listening to the podcast and they have no idea what all services are provided in the Student Support Center. So can you kind of um, let everyone know what you guys all do there in that department? Sure. We are, uh, I kind of think of us as triage, right? So no matter what's going on with a student, whether it's their car broke down or they need help figuring out textbooks or personal counseling or academic counseling. They need to be coming through here and seeing, letting us meet with them and seeing what we can do to assist them. So we have the personal counselors. We have the helping hands, which is the emergency fund for uh, students. And then um, also the tiger cupboard. I work with it closely. So for emergency food. Now, for the services that that are provided, have you seen an increase in any particular area since we've been away from campus? Yeah, absolutely. We've had um, a huge increase in the number of students who've contacted us. Um, From the time I went home in March, we've been nonstop with helping hands requests. Um, And then, of course, when the tornado hit, we had a, a peak there. Um, where we had more students to assist and to get boxes of food to, right? They were several that were in temporary housing. So we were delivering food to hotel rooms and making sure that the food that we were delivering was uh, microwavable. So because that was all they had access to. They didn't have a stove. They didn't have an oven. All they had was a microwave in a hotel room. So lots of adjustments, lots of really being in tune with what the student's need is. 
And so, Tammy, you know, you're like my shero. You like <laughs> juggle so much and you do so much. And I just, I wonder now that I'm like starting to enter into the social work field, like how do you manage like, you know, being able to, I mean, cause like everyone that you deal with, you, it's like, you know, them personally, regardless of like how big or small their request is from you. But how do you balance that and just regular life? Yeah, that's, um, that's always the trick, right, is um, self-care. So I tell my, um, I have social work interns that I usually have in the semester, and I have to reiterate over and over, kind of my mantra is self-care. So if you are not taking care of yourself, you have nothing to give. You have nothing to give out, right? So knowing yourself knowing what refills your cup and makes you feel whole again is vital to your um, ability to work with individuals who are are truly in, in emergency situations. And I have to say another quote that one of my professors gave us was, people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. And I think that that has been a big part of what motivates me to get to know them as individuals and to not, you know, not judge, right? To not think about how how they've chosen, what choices they've made in their life. But this is just, this is the moment. So living in the now of where they are and that they've asked for help and to be there to to make that transition to whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. For many of the students who have been incarcerated, you know, a lot of times they come in with a lot of sense of doubt and uh, being put down and I don't know, just a lot missing for them. And so, you know, I like to tell them, you know what, we all do bad things. We all make bad decisions. We all make uh, wrong choices along the way, but you just got caught. So, you know, kind of normalizing a little bit, letting them recognize that I, I'm trying not to to judge them, but rather to really be here to care for them and assist them and connect them with what they, they truly feel they need in the moment. And that's really awesome, Tammy, because a, a lot of people think that because of whatever their past circumstances are, that they're not like fit to be part of like the college culture because they've, you know, made a mistake in their past. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I tell them, you know, it's, um, I had one student one time, he said, um, I, um, I've lost my job. I'm unemployed. Uh, and, and he kept talking like that was who he was. I said, that's not who you are. That's what happened to you. And now you're here to start afresh and do something new and innovative. And that takes a lot of courage. Definitely, definitely does. Now, if, if people want to like engage or support like the things that, that you do on campus, like what is the best thing that they can do to help? Great question. There's uh, several things we have in a regular semester when we're on ground, we have volunteers in the Tiger Cupboard. And I just, they are amazing. I just, we could not have it without them. And so volunteers are just crucial. The other thing I think is just continuing to be uh, aware or open to offering help, not necessarily having the answers, but just being willing to have a conversation and say, hey, do you need anything? 
without really knowing the answer, right? I think a lot of times we're afraid to open that door or open that conversation unless we have all of these answers and and ways of fixing it. But just being willing to have that conversation and knowing that the Student Support Center is here and that's what we're here for is that you don't have to have all the answers. Faculty and staff don't have to have all the answers, but they can come here and we can work with that student to connect them or to, to work with them with whatever it is that's going on in their life. That's awesome. I um, have noticed like a lot of times, like just in seeing you, you will, you know, smile at someone and like that smile, like will turn into something else later on down the line. So just even, you know, just how we like our gestures, I guess, to other people, which you're always smiling, (laughs) but just how how we're, I don't know, I guess just our approach to just people will also open that door, which is amazing, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Tammy, do you guys take like, um, like, do you have set days of doing donations or things differently as far as if someone wants to help, like with the tiger cupboard? Has that changed now with the the COVID-19, like how someone will donate things? Or are there like particular things that you guys maybe need at the school? It has changed. We're, you know, being very careful to um, not have face-to-face and um, close contact with students. So the, the tiger cupboard is set up where students still make that electronic quest and then they come to campus and are guided to the the small trailer that's there and in that trailer there are bags of food already put together so then there's no you know no face to face no contact the food's already been put in those bags and it pretty much set overnight even so that um, there's some distance in time between uh, the next person handling the items even. And we will, the next uh, donation time, I'm sure will be uh, during convocation. We're still going to have that conversation, but for for the fall, so that when we have requests, they can still come to campus and pick up the food. Okay, that's awesome. I just like watching things on the news and seeing how much of an increase there's been for you know, people needing, you know, just basic needs, you know, food and um, hygiene products. Just know that you guys, you know, rely a lot on those on those donations. Yeah, the the latest uh, study was showing that three in five, three out of five students face food and housing insecurity. Those recent numbers now that we're you know, in this pandemic, or is that? Yeah, just that's normal? most recent with the pandemic. So, and I think it probably is increasing, you know, as more time goes by because of uh, many of the students who were working in the restaurant and servers, they went quite a length of time without having, uh, you know, income. And so, even if you had a, a little nest egg, eventually that runs out if you're not putting back into it, right? So we've had a considerable number of students who have really struggled with with making the rent and so forth, uh, other utility bills and, and whatnot uh, due to that. Well, that is like really a harsh reality to know that you can be in a room of 10 people and, and that many people are, you know, affected, over half are affected with not being able to address their basic needs. I mean, that does a lot to a person mentally to not be able to provide. Yeah, exactly. 
um, I think it's, you know, it's a challenge on so many levels, right, of, of helplessness, right, of feeling like um, I had it together. I had many of our students have two jobs and uh, both jobs being gone, right? They thought they had kind of a plan B or a backup, but both were gone overnight. Do you think that with everything that's going on, that that, that like the area that you're in is something that, that will possibly expand as the demand for, you know, services and support and things like that from students and even faculty increases? I don't know. Um, I think that the need has always been there. I think that having the, the focus and the platform to to share that and for students to be um, accepted when they do share that has has only increased over the last year. And so I think that, that our awareness of the need has grown. And so Tammy, what are like some things that like you're experiencing or, or uh, things that you just think that everyone should know about uh, the current state of, of things? Well, I think several couple of things anyway, I think to be reminded that it's hard for students to express that they have a need, especially students who this is all new to. Some of our students who have maybe grown up in generational poverty, they're used to and know where the resources are. And, and that's a little more a part of their norm. For our students who have been raised more middle class, it's hard for them. And they don't know where to go. They don't know who to ask or how all of that that works, right? So just what I consider a simple um, application online for uh, SNAP, for food stamps, right? They're very, very hesitant to even consider filling that out. And I'm like, it's okay. This is temporary. Tennessee has been um, approved for pandemic EBT, which is pandemic SNAP or food stamps. And that's what it's there for. And it's temporary. When I tell students, you know, they're like, well, you just don't understand, Miss Tammy. And I'm like, yeah, I do understand because I had to do it. I was a single parent with three kids and I had had SNAP. And um, they're like, you did? And I said, yes. And you see, you can't tell by the look of someone. Nobody knows that you have SNAP. You just have less stress because you have applied for this, you know, for food for your family. I said, nobody else needs to know. It's okay to, to use that um, temporarily in the circumstances or while you're getting your degree. Um, you know, it's, it's there. That's what it's there for. I think the other thing that, you know, I've I kind of want to stress is that, you know, we're all having to go through this adaptability, right? We're all being stretched and challenged in adaptability. And I think when I have students who are experiencing such need that just to remind them that this is really a great skill to develop and to have for the rest of your life, for your professional life, um, you'll be using this skill. So embrace it, embrace that learning how to be adaptable, how to change, how to kind of work through whatever it is, you know, your particular circumstances are. And I think the other thing I want to share real quick is that I'm concerned about our first gen and under 
underprepared students to try to really watch for their struggle and to reach out to them uh, sooner rather than later. Sometimes they are the ones who who need our hand to reach out for help, but are the least likely sometimes to ask or to take it. So I think, again, it comes back to that, you know, being available, being that culture of caring and here for you. And if you if you need something, please tell somebody. Uh, Tammy, if someone finds themselves in a position where they, they do need to contact you, where, you know, how, how can they contact you best during this time? Great question. Um, we have several um, ways for students to contact us. On the website, they can go to Student Support Center. The main Student Support Center phone number is the 697-4483. They can email me directly. They can email studentsupport at chattanoogastate.edu. So there's several ways. A lot of times I'm on the Facebook page, the group, the Chattanooga State Student Group Facebook page. They can put messages or questions on there as well. So several several ways I feel to, to get a hold of us. Okay, great. Well, Tammy, thank you so very much for being open and um, letting everyone know, you know, some things that you're personally experiencing and still, you know, letting everyone know that you're um, available if students find themselves in a situation where um, they need anything, whether it's an ear or services, they are able to come to you and your team um, and that, you know, you guys will be there to help them through whatever obstacle they're facing. Thank you, Tiffany. I appreciate you taking the time and talking with me and yeah, just kind of bringing some of these things to light. Those of us who have the honor and privilege to work on Chattanooga State's campuses know that something really special happens here. And it's humbling to get to share a few of those special things with you, our listeners. So thanks to you for joining us here today. And a special thank you to the students, faculty, and staff make this podcast possible. If you are a student at Chattanooga State and you want to be on Tiger Stories, let us know. You can get in touch at the email address in the show notes. We'll be back soon with another installment of Tiger Stories. Until then, make it a great one.